0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the flatlining podcast for Fulcrum Strategies. I'm Matthew Hambly, and with me, as he usually is, is our president and CEO, Ron Howergan. Ron, how are you, sir? I am good, thank you. As was the topic of the Friday Pulse check last week, we, the Wall Street Journal reported that... Humana and Cigna are reportedly in talks to merge, and uh, this is an interesting development because this is not the first time these two companies have tried to merge. It's also not the first time Cigna, in recent years, that Cigna has tried to merge with another uh, large insurance company. And Ron, I guess uh, let's start off with that. What's your initial reaction to this report from the Wall Street Journal that you might see Cigna and Humana merge?
1: Um, it's not surprising. Um, Humana is um, pretty large in the Medicare Advantage population, but doesn't have any commercial business anymore. And Cigna has a pretty large commercial business, but very little Medicare Advantage. So, you know, it's like that puzzle piece that I could see from both organizations that fits well together. Um, Cigna's sitting on a pile of cash. And so, yeah, it's not not surprising to me that, that this marriage is, uh, you know, headed down the aisle, so to speak.
0: And we had talked about both of those previously, with with Humana's decision to get out of commercial mm-hmm. uh, healthcare, and then with uh, the recent report that Signum was considering dropping its Medicare Advantage business, in part because they had done it poorly so <laughs> before. I, I know you've talked about that on on LinkedIn. Re- remind us a little bit. What are some of those problems that they've been having with Medicare Advantage?
1: Well, the two biggest ones in recent were a few years ago. Um, uh, CMS got upset with them and froze their ability to sell the product. Um, and there were a lot of issues that they claimed that um, you know that Cigna was failing in a CMS audit. What really bothered them was um, that they didn't see Cigna fixing it. Um, so it'd be a little bit like, you know, the fire inspector coming by and saying, hey, you need a you need a fire extinguisher there and you need to make sure that door is always unlocked. And and then coming by in 60 days and going, wait a minute, where's the fire extinguisher and why is that door still locked? Mm-hmm. You know, so CMS thought they were being ignored. And so they, you know, they froze their ability to, to sell the product. That hurts. Um, and then the most recent one was Cigna had to settle with the federal government for, I think, $172 million fine. For um, submitting false information around mm-hmm. um, diagnosis codes and the severity of uh, the patient population we're serving, um, and and that stuff increases the reimbursement um, that they get. So those are a couple of pretty bad marks with CMS. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Cigna after that was rumored to be getting out of the business. And I think what we're seeing here is potentially um, a solution to help them with their Medicare product by buying somebody who's good at it. Mm -hmm. Now,
0: of course, this was, uh, like I said, reported in the Wall Street Journal and and business analysts took notice. I'm taking a peek at their stock right now, Ron. Humana has actually evened out pretty much uh, since the news, but Cigna, on the other hand, has dropped almost 9% and has not rebounded um, since the, the news broke last week. Um, let me, well, and then the reason I bring this up is because this is important because a lot of people's retirement has some of these stocks in it because that's just, right. that's how our country works. And so it always frustrated me about, uh, president Biden when he would say the stock market is only for the rich people, but that's, that's where a lot of Americans retirement is. Uh, right. Jim Cramer, analyst on CNBC, uh, he, uh, had some, uh, interesting words to say about, uh, the deal when it, when it broke on air. And I want to play that real quick heard from the deal
2: makers, I'm just sharing at least the thoughts of a couple of these shareholders who have been in the name for a long time and know it quite well. Mr. Broussard is retiring, the CEO. From Umana, correct. And I think he should, he has a chance right now to clear the record and stop this lunacy. This is one of the most ill-advised deals I've ever so heard. So you think it's ill-advised from the Umana side? Yes. Why? Well, because it's never going to be approved and it's gonna take the eye off a company that's trying so hard to do a good medical advantage. That's a hands-on company. This is a, you know, you, you, when you're in this company, you you're, in, you know, you're in a real hunt for customers, right. and you got to do everything. Right. And now you're going to spend all your time defending and then losing to Lena Khan. I'm only—I have never embraced that woman's view. I hope she shuts this thing down in nails it. Well, there's a lot of shareholders don't want it to get to that point because again, you're going to be, you know, they There. By the way, the argument of some CI shareholders is fine. Have you mana buy Cigna? They'd say, "Lever up. At least it'll be accretive right off the bat." Uh, or be, have right. it be an MOE under which both companies, during the time that it will take to get the deal done, buy back a lot of their stock. So if in fact it does fall apart, at least you got two companies that have both been able to, you know, right. take advantage of the year well, or years that have gone by. But. I, well, I use not humana. a great reception here No, so I far use Humana. I'm a Humana a, a user. Yeah. And I happily am so thrilled to be able to pay more because of this deal. It's exactly <laughs> what Pal wants, right? But don't we want to pay more as customers? Well, again, it, yeah, it, it's yeah. not
0: about Medicare Advantage because they have a small business at CI and they would likely sell it um, or divest it. Uh, again, that's a live reaction on CNBC as the news broke last week. With with Jim Cramer expressing his frustration, there he doesn't think this deal is going to get approved, Ron. But as you and I have talked before, uh, insurance companies are generally a- exempt from antitrust law for for various reasons. But what, of course, what he may be referring to is their pharmacy benefits program, which is not exempt from antitrust law. So I'm I'm curious uh, what you what your thoughts are on on this and whether or not you think this deal will go be approved.
1: Well, so there's two parts of antitrust law. One is uh, an entity that is acting in a uncompetitive environment way, you know, that can be sued under antitrust law from that perspective. The other has to do with mergers, mm-hmm. whether or not they're allowed. And, and that really gets to um, this concept of market consolidation and market concentration. So the, the two things that are at play here is, well, what is the market? What are we looking at as a market perspective? Now, I think that the part of the reason why they're pursuing this merger is that they're going to be able to successfully say the market is Medicare Advantage, Mm -hmm. okay? Because that's all Humana has. And I think they're going to be able to successfully say it has nothing to do with pharmacy benefit management. It has nothing to do with, it has to do with Humana sells Medicare Advantage and so does Cigna. Now, if... They're able to make that the focus of the review, and, I, and I'm going to get just a little bit nerdy and wonkish here. The consolidation review that the FTC does about a merger revolves around something called the Herfindahl-Hirschman Index, mm-hmm. okay? It's a mathematical calculation of market concentration before and after a merger, Okay, And you come up with a number, a before number and an after number. Now, what's important to understand here is the Aetna attempt to merge with Humana failed because it consolidated too much. But Aetna is a much bigger player in the Medicare Advantage market than Cigna is. So if you look at market consolidation or market concentration, uh, Aetna right now has about 5.5% or I mean, sorry, 11% of the Medicare Advantage population. Okay. Humana has 18%. So that combination would have combined those two up to 29%, which is the same market share as the largest payer, United. Now, Cigna only has 0.6% market share. So combining Humana and Cigna, or I'm sorry, they have 2% market share. Combining Humana and Cigna goes from 18% to 20% instead of 18% to 29%. Now, the way the index works, and I did some rough calculations, right now, this, smart, this Medicare Advantage marketplace has an, an HH index of about 1794 Anything between 1500 and 2500 is considered moderately concentrated. Usually, in order for there to be a problem, you've got to get into what they call highly concentrated, which means an HH index of over 2500 So the starting number is 1794 After the merger, that number goes from 1794 to 1866. It doesn't get anywhere close to the 2500. And it's not like it's going from 400 to 1866, which could be a problem. It's going from 1794 to 1866. That's not much of a change. So as long as they can successfully tell the FTC, and I think they will be able to. This is all about Medicare Advantage. They're not going to have any problem with the HH index. So So I, I... If I were going to Vegas right now, I'd bet that if the merger doesn't happen, it won't be because the FTC kills it. It'll be something happens between the two organizations.
0: Which is what killed the Anthem-Cigna merger before. Uh, So you don't think that Humana will have to get rid of its pharmacy benefit program or Cigna will have to sell Express Scripts?
1: No, because even in that marketplace, um, the two of them combined are not going to change the concentration that much. It's already a fairly concentrated market, um, and really what they're looking at here is that that change. How much more concentrated does it get?
0: We're talking about the potential Cigna-Humana merger here on the Flatlining podcast. Uh, another thing, Ron, uh, the other reaction we posted last week at the Friday Pulse Check was Wendell Potter's. Uh, post on his Substack, Healthcare Uncovered. Of course, Wendell Potter being uh, a former Cigna executive um, like you. And uh, he headlined his post about Cigna wanting to buy its way into Medicare Advantage. And, and I know mm-hmm. we talked before that that's one of the reasons why you think that this will actually go through is because you've got two different markets you're talking about here. Um, do you think that this is do you think that Humana was actively searching for a buyer, or do you think Cigna was actively searching for a Medicare Advantage plan?
1: Uh, I actually think both. Okay, and, and the interesting thing about Wendell is the company he worked to prior to worked for prior to Cigna was Humana. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's worked for both organizations. Okay. So I think it was both. I think Humana was actively looking for a buyer. Um, I think that's part of why Umana got rid of their commercial book was they knew it had no value and potentially was a detractor, and so they were you know they were cleaning up their house so to speak, and I think Cigna was actually actively looking for a buyer. If Cigna had gotten out of the Medicare Advantage market, that would have hurt their stock price because it's such a profitable line of business. It'd be a little bit like um, it'd be a little bit like Ford Motor Company going, you know what, I'm not going to make trucks anymore. Everybody go, wait a minute, what? Trucks are really profitable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now, I also think, and this is my conjecture, that the reason why the market is punishing Cigna's stock right now is because they're afraid that what's going to happen is Cigna's going to buy a well-functioning Medicare product and then destroy it. Mm. Because Cigna clearly doesn't yeah. know how to run that product and has been bad at it. And so instead of buying Humana and letting Humana run this stuff, I think the market is worried that they're going to buy Humana and then Cigna is going to try to run it, which will destroy it, which if you look back at, um, that's a lot of what submarine the deal with Anthem is the Cigna CEO is not known to play well with others and he couldn't handle being the number two guy in an Anthem merger and he kind of sabotaged it. So um, I think that's why you've seen Wall Street level out with Humana, but hurt. Cygnus stock, because I don't think they'll
0: like it. I'm curious what you think this will do for for physicians. And I mentioned that as a teaser in my uh, newsletter on Friday. Uh, What do you think this will do to physician reimbursement? And and, and I know we've talked before about you know, hey, what do you do with your Humana commercial contract at the end of this year? And basically, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, But what do you think that this will do for for physician reimbursement on both the Cigna and the Humana Medicare for those that are, you know, fortunate enough to make a little bit over Medicare for for their Medicare Advantage products?
1: Well, long term, it's market consolidation on the payer side is never going to be good for physicians. Um, What it will do as it... um, as the Cigna combined product gets bigger, is it will allow them to start to act more like the market leader, United. You, you know, United is the company that more often than anyone else has Medicare contracts that pay below Medicare rates. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do that for a couple of reasons. One, they play on the nature of physicians who want to care for everybody, especially the elderly. But two, there are a lot of physicians who rely on that Medicare volume To, you know, fill up their offices. And so anytime more companies get gains to market share, they're able to do that. So, you know, I think it's not going to be overnight. It'll take a while for a merger like this to absorb and fully, you know, fully combine, but it's not going to be good for physician reimbursement. If anything, it's going to drive it down even further.
0: So basically physicians should be on the lookout for amendments heading to their office to, to yep. see how it'll affect it. Do you think they'll be I, you know I hate to use the word bully but do you think that they're going to bully as much as United Healthcare does?
1: Um boy, I don't know if anybody can do it as much as United Healthcare <laughs> does. I know that's um, a high bar. That's a pretty that's that's yeah, that's a, that's clear and a pretty high high jump. Um I don't know that they'll again they're not going to be the same market share. They're still going to be behind um behind United so I don't think they'll fully get there, but they'll try to get as close as they can okay
0: We'll have more uh, on this and a reaction that has come out since our newsletter on Friday in the show notes for this program. Ron, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about talk politics. Uh, mm-hmm. we talked before about Nikki Haley we talked about that last week and, and her proposals. I uh, to, you know, to, to about certificate of need and some of the other uh, expanding Medicare advantage. Uh, interestingly enough, also on the healthcare care side, uh, former President Donald Trump has re-arisen his claims that he wants to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. And as I mentioned on Friday, this is something Trump ran on in 2016 and 2017, and he couldn't do it. Uh, Even with a Republican-controlled Congress, he couldn't do it. Uh, And especially compared to them, the Affordable Care Act is significantly more popular than it was uh, in in 2016, in part because of – I would say probably because of new subsidies brought about by the Biden administration uh, to get more people on on ACA plans. Uh, I'm curious, Ron, if you think there's – of course, we're talking about Donald Trump here. Do you think there's any grand strategy to suddenly talking about the Affordable Care Act again when most people don't care anymore?
1: Well, so I, I, first of all, I'm not sure there's any grand strategy um, at all. And, and the, you know, one of the scary parts is I also don't think that there's any real desire intent to do it. Um, I think it's a, you know, it's political speak. Um, It definitely rings true to um, some of the base um, that he plays to, and he plays well to that base. There are still a lot of people who, you know, on that base want to see the Affordable Care Act repealed. Um, And it, you know, it doesn't even crack the top 10 strangest things he's ever said. True. Um, But the reality of it is there's no way that he could repeal and replace Obamacare. First of all, there's no replacement, there hasn't been for.
0: Since its know, creation. 10 years?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Republicans haven't come up with a different plan, and you'd have to have a replacement because just getting rid of it means that 40 million people lose their health care. You know, it, to be honest with you, if I were a Democratic strategist right now, I would try to, you know, get him to say that as much as possible and actually would would try to whisper in the Republicans' ears, do it, do it now, because if they ever did it, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would immediately go to Vegas and lay money on no matter what the numbers look like, the Democrats taking over a wide margin in both yep. the house and the Senate, you take healthcare out of 40 million people in this country, and you will get your head handed to you in the next election. The only thing you could do worse than that is maybe get rid of social security. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's political speech. I think even he knows he can't do it. I don't think there's any real intent to do it, but. There's some people on the base that get all fired up when they hear this stuff.
0: Yeah. And to your point, a Democratic pollster told Politico uh, that the healthcare is a winning issue for Democrats. That's something we know. And that he said, for all of Biden's faults, and I'm going to self censor here, it's good to know that Trump can still F up. Uh, if you want to read the actual quote, you can go check it yeah. out on Politico. Uh, this is something that we've seen also, again, that the Democrats generally have the upper hand when it comes to health care. And it's something I've written about and you've written about that, you know, Republicans have never had a very good health care um, strategy. It's always been, it always seems to have been. We're just not that we don't want the Affordable Care Act. We don't want you know vaccines or whatever the case might be. Um, so it's it's interesting to see him bring this up. I was a little bit surprised because it came way out of left field because no one's talking about the Affordable Care Act anymore. Uh, because we've pretty much all accepted, even in North Carolina, we've all accepted that, uh, that that's it's here to stay and it's not it's not going anywhere. Uh, Ron, I'll give you the last word.
1: Well, it's you know, and this is I'm going to make a personal comment here. Um, it almost feels like this, you know, this election, this political season. Um, this being football season, you know, there are football games where the hear the commentators say, this is going to come down to who has the ball last, mm-hmm. you know, meaning the la- the team with the ball last is going to score a touchdown and they'll win. And this almost feel, political season almost feels like this is going to come down to whichever team fumbles last.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: because yep. they're both fumbling rather rapidly. And so instead of who has the ball last will score, it's whoever screws up the last is likely to lose this thing. And um, and that's really sort of a sad commentary Uh, on both sides, um, because I don't see either side coming out with a whole lot of real winning strategies. Now, I know that my friends on the right are going to think I'm being, you know, too critical of them, and the my friends on the left, I think I'm be too critical to them, and I guess I'm trying to be equally critical to both right now. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I agree with that pollster. Well, it's nice to know he can keep screwing up, and I'm sure there are Republican pollsters who will point to some of the things Biden has done or said and go, "Well, yep. it's nice to know he can keep screwing up." Yep. You know? uh, let me let me ask you real quick before we go: Are you going to be watching the debate? Um, unfortunately, yes. I mean. <laughs> Um, and I, I say that because one, it points out that I'm a glutton for punishment and that I'm kind of nerdy that way. And two, it's like a car wreck, you know, I, I can't turn away and I don't want to be watching, but yeah, I'll watch the debate. And, and there, there are some, there are some moments in there that give me a little bit of hope. I, there were some moments in the, even though it wasn't like an official debate, the, the debate they had with newsom and oh that's and right on fox news with Kennedy. yeah that i you know that i i enjoyed some of that i wish there were more than just a few moments out of something that long yeah. but there are some
0: yeah i'd be interested too just as someone who, who likes to follow the media the the, the this debate's being held by the the new cable news network news nation which is kind of striving to be down the middle so i'll be interested to see that so it'll be on wednesday night at eight central on news nation uh, or if you're on the east coast you can watch it on the cw Uh, Ron, that's about all the time we have. Thanks for sitting down with me as
1: normal. Thank you.
0: Miss an episode of the Flatlining Podcast? Well, now you can read a recap. Just go to flatlining.net and look right there on the homepage every Monday for a written recap on last week's episode.